episode 129 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about the downfall of Pompeii. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I talk about a game published in 2013 where you are repopulating and then evacuating the ancient town. You can see most of the components in the episode's cover image, but for more pictures of the game, along with more information about the designer and publisher, there's a link in the episode description to the game's page on BoardGameGeek. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about the downfall of Pompeii. I feel like we're about ready for an eruption. Yeah. In the downfall of Pompeii, I think historically what the rule book said was that there was a volcano eruption. And then like 16 years went by. Everybody thought it was cool. People didn't really worry about it anymore. And then there was another one. And we actually played two games the same day. We played Downfall of Pompeii the same day we played Polynesia, a game that we like but don't love and uh, gave to a friend. Right away? (laughs) Yeah, immediately after playing. But yes, it is about a volcano erupting right next to a town where all all kinds of people are hanging out. Yes, just the downfall of it. It all the rule book also said that technically, I don't remember what the scientific geological term was for it, but that it wasn't actually lava. It was like fast moving rock and gas or something like that. Kill them all. But, but they said that for the game, they just called it lava. So in this game, you kind of have your, I guess, villagers you're responsible for. There's no reason that the town ought to be split between the different types of people trying to escape. But in any case, I've got my little set of pieces. I like to that, think of my pieces as a family unit. There were only two families in town then. Well, I mean, it's a, a four player game. Five it's player. up to a four player game. You each get your own color. There is a board that's basically just a grid. And in that grid, there are circles in random-ish kind of spots there in buildings. And so in the first half of the game, you are drawing cards that show the buildings that your people are in. You play those to place your people out there on the map. Then you get a small warning and you keep doing that same thing. You get a small warning from the volcano. You keep doing that same thing. Except sometimes there are uh, like gas vents, I think, or something. Is it vents? The omens. The omens, yeah. Yeah. Where if you draw that card when you're trying to refill your hand, you get to pick one of your opponents and just throw one of their people into the volcano. There is a, uh, it's like a little plastic ring that you uh, very nicely assembles easily assembles and disassembles for the game and that sits in the corner of the board there's a circle cut out for it and so you uh toss them into the volcano so just removed from the game also after the warning if you put your person into a building that already has people you get to place relatives out which sort of further family thing brings the family unit around yeah it is weird and unfortunate that as it gets closer you decide to flood more people into the city but maybe that whole Maybe that whole period, in a sense, is meant to be from the last eruption. You know what I mean? Like yeah, maybe like it's people, meant to be 16 people years. Then, that people, people left are, and then people kind of like felt comfortable. Coming back. And right. then came maybe back. Maybe so. I want to take a brief pause and talk about that volcano. Okay. I, I did ponder yesterday. We didn't talk about it. Yeah. It's interesting to me that it is, it's basically a trapezoidal piece of paper that's folded into the bottom part of a cone with the top chopped off. And someone at the, at the coffee shop came up to him and was like, oh, it's a volcano. And I thought, oh, that is interesting. It is instantly recognizable as a volcano. And it's just a geometric shape with some painting on it. And I think that's fun. 
I think it 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 is very simple and very evocative of a volcano yeah. because they have it has been printed to make it look like there's lava around yeah. the top and it, it's kind of craggy. It's not super smooth. Yeah. Like it's a little bit a bumpy of a surface. So, and yeah, if, I feel like if you gave me a piece of paper of that stock and said, Aaron, yeah. make a volcano. Yeah. No effing way. You kind of have to make it's a segment of a circle that you're making. Yeah. In order to bend it together. We're not, we don't need to get in a paper craft. Yeah, but yes. now we're ba- back to the fact that we're flooding back people into Pompeii, our relatives people. especially. Yes, as you keep playing these cards. So let's say there's a purple building. There's already one person in this particular purple building. So when you place uh, your person in there, you get to add another person either to a different purple building. The other half of that purple building, if the building has two halves, some of them do, some of them don't. Or neutral. Or into just a neutral building, which are a lot smaller, scattered around this map. And you'll want to be taking note while you do this that there are a set number of exits out of the city. Six. When this volcano does actually erupt, the whole gameplay shifts where now there's this lava spreading through town and you're trying to get people out. It's this very similar mechanism to the relatives thing when you're getting people out, because if there's, let's say, four people in the square that you're in, then you can move one of your people four away. And it doesn't matter if they're your relatives or not. So no, I can anybody's. use Kelly's people to propel my people. Yes. So there's both kind of this shared, like, uh, we're all trying to get out of here because you do kind of want to huddle together so you can get out. But then also you're, you're trying to win. You're definitely trying to place lava on the relatives yes, of your opponent. It's a stacked deck where these come out after a certain amount of time. You don't know exactly when, but roughly you kind of shuffle in a card that lets you know that it's time to move on to the next the next phase of the game. When you first draw that, you t- you all take turns pulling lava out. And there are each of the lava tiles or square tiles that perfectly cover the square grid of the game. Each one has a little symbol on it. And that symbol indicates the area from which the lava started to flow. Right. So when you get that symbol first, if it's the first time it's been pulled, you put it right on the symbol on the board because there's those six symbols are on the board when it starts there's just like no buildings there it's just a a lava symbol then every subsequent symbol that is drawn that matches that has to continue the path of that in any direction you want but it has to be orthogonally adjacent as if it's flowing and if you flow it into where people are yours or not they get thrown into the The volcano volcano. and essentially lose the game if you had people left over from the first phase of the game they're already back in the game box they don't exist anymore they don't exist they don't die in the volcano they never entered the city they never exited the city you want to get all your people out there because that's going to give you the best chance for getting the most points but also you know then you just have a lot of people out there to lose that that might end up working in your favor because you kind of group them together to run yourself out the game is won by getting the most people out of the city who were Mm -hmm. in the city but the game is the tie break is the fewest people in the volcano so getting all your people out is kind of a double-edged sword you need to make sure you win because if you tie yeah yeah, yeah. you had the most people out probably also you had the most people in the volcano so as you keep going after you put these initial lava tiles out on your turn you pull out a lava tile first determine where which direction it's going to go you're trying to hurt your opponents more than you you're trying to keep your pathways for exit open you might be trying to block off because if you block off a door for someone that they're really close to now they have to try to start running the other way moving is hard moving is hard especially when you're all alone now if you have a piece that is in a square by itself you can move that piece twice the first time you move it 
It's a move of one. The second time you get to use the movement value of the square that it then lands in. So if it's one away from a square with four people, well, that guy's probably getting out of there because it's hard to be that far from an exit unless, you know, a lot of lava has already happened. So you keep pulling out these tiles until either everyone's out or everyone's dead or everyone's trapped. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a pretty fun game. I have liked it more and more every time we play it. And I don't know if you have a lot of games or if you're trying out a lot of games, your first impression of a game might be your only impression. You might not ever get back around to it. And that's one that we've had for kind of a long time. And it's been interesting to me because I know we've played it three times, but I think we've played it. I think we we have owned it in an era when we had far fewer games and played it a lot. Yeah, I don't think we ever played it a lot because I didn't I I used to not like it as much. But something about the context of now having played more games and the replay value of that. And I think it's it is very like take that, but it it doesn't feel like straight up malice. It feels like pretty obvious. It's not like someone has to go out of their way to hurt you and sacrifice themselves too much. Like you can't typically benefit yourself with the lava action you can only hurt yourself so it's not like they're passing up like the thing you especially hate and take that games is if i pass on an offensive opportunity to play defense yeah you're like i could get like if you could get eight points but you could keep me from two points and then you choose that i do i do have issues but in this case it's like well of course you're going to kill the people with the lava that's what you're supposed to do yeah and sometimes you do have to decide am i going to get rid of my own people because I think that that's going to put someone else in more danger. That's about as close as it gets to, you My know, decision, yeah. some self-sacrifice. It also has pretty good pacing because it goes, it's very fast. It moves along very quick. There's not a lot of decision time that you need to take. Maybe a little bit with trying to do the counting to figure out how you're going to get your guys out. Yeah, the moving phase at the end does take a little bit of thought. And like you can make mistakes and there's actually some like clever things you can do to get people out in a hurry. But but as you're putting out the lava because of how many different symbols there are. Six. You don't really have a lot of like, you know, you pull out the symbol. You have to put it next to where the symbol is. If, if there If there were no symbols on the lava then it could be a lot oh, more difficult. It'd be a shorter game. you just kill all the people. It'd be a lot more difficult to figure out like, oh, where should it exactly flow? But that decision is kind of randomly made for you. So it pulls back any kind of need to do bigger level strategy yeah. or create kind of unruly chaos. And it is going to be sort of obvious that there's luck involved in if you're sitting next to this lava and you can't get away, whether or not they just then your opponent draws that lava tile right. on and the next go or not. In terms of the luck, I drew almost all the omen cards. So you started with a bunch of people in the volcano. You, there are eight total omen cards and you drew seven of them. So you put seven of my people into the volcano However, before the main lava event. I drew very few cards that allowed me to place people near my relatives. And yes. so you had more people on the board to start than I did, even though I kept throwing your people into the volcano. I started the game with like three of the same card. Yeah, that's I very was, good. It's good, but at the very beginning, you don't want to play it because at the very beginning of the game, there's eight cards. You play eight cards before you start the relative rule starts right. after the first warning. So if I were to play those three matching cards in the in those first early turns, I would have put out one person, one person, one person. Right. Well, you, yeah, you definitely want to say having four yeah. the same, not so you, good. But. Right. You put out one and then you get to put out two for the second one and three for the third one. But then in your situation, you basically had 
you just had two cards to pick from. So you start with three. I had less cards one, to pick from. You have two yeah. cards to pick from, but then that's still not that bad because you really want, like, it's good to start the relative phase with automatic relatives. This is true. This is true. So yeah, I was getting a lot of the same number card, but if you had been getting the same number card and also been getting, well, I guess you just, yeah, and getting the omen yeah, cards. because the omens don't, doesn't prevent you from getting another card. You redraw yeah. after the omen. Then the only difference is it, it will come down to luck and it might be, you know, I wouldn't have just cut one whole part of the board off because I was in more places. Right. If you have very few people, it might be easier for you to get a whole part of the board cut off. Like just go the the lava where it starts is really close to the exits. exits of the city. Yeah. So if you don't have a lot of people out there, maybe that's some of the balancing is that like you will just go close other exits as, as fast, fast as, possible. as possible. And yeah. I wasn't looking to do that because I was trying to get out and you had enough people in there as well that yeah, it was it came down. It, to, it was worth trying to get out. You you kind of had the lead going into the the final round. You ended up winning. But there was a, a place where if I had drawn the right yeah. tile, I would have killed your people and we would have tied and I would have won for volcano. But you and oh, I, ended I had up not so being many able, people in the I think you had four in the volcano and I had like 12. I ended up not being able to kill those last three people of yours. Yeah. And, and yeah, but it's still fun. It was good times. Yeah. So. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it is good. It's an older game. I don't know how old. As always, you can look in the episode description for the link to Board Game Geek to find out more details about this game. I don't think it needs a reprint like for any functional reason. But I think that the table presence of like you said, someone just walked over like, oh, look, it's a volcano. And I will it's just say, like, yeah, we're going to throw people at it because Pompeii's on fire. There's a distinction between a building and a building section and a oh. grid square. And I don't think it's well made in the rule book or on the board. So if they did reprint it, I think that they could yeah. use art or rules they language. Could use graphic design to be or something. more clear about what I'm allowed to do in what space. But that's a once you figure it out, it's not that bad. But it's yeah. it's just not as clear as you want it to be. That's true. That's true. We had to make sure you know, either that you are have it correct or at least agree on the on interpretation they, they going had forward. Good examples in the rule books. Yes. It, but he needed the examples. So that you could be sure that you were interpreting it as intended. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's no reason to just not draw the shapes more. And they have like a little like when it's a section, they have like they cut down the buildings and have a skinny hallway between the two sections. Mm -hmm. But it's just not like. Even just calling that yeah, out could be done better. would be useful yeah, instead I, of making you observe it. I agree. I think that the graphic design is not stellar, and that is the thing you would improve for a second edition. But the game fundamentals, I think, save, are Save solid. the volcano. The graphic design of the volcano, obviously. The, I mean, the volcano's pretty good. I think the volcano's pretty good. What makes this game unique? Oh, I don't think there's a ton of games where the mechanic entirely shifts when the time shifts. And I think that's pretty fun. Like, it's a different... Like you you no longer play cards once the volcano erupts. You're just running the hell out of there. Yeah, I also agree that the different phases of this game being so unique and that you know that you're building up for this disaster is really good. Bosk does the same thing. The one about the trees. Oh, absolutely. How it, like, it says four seasons, but really it's... It's two seasons. It's really two the, the, with evaluation. Two of the seasons are scoring seasons. And I decided to not keep that game. It's a little bit because of the territory control. This game seems like it could, like when you're looking at it and talking about it, it seems like it could be territory control, but it's not. Uh, I think I like that better. But yeah, as far as games that have phases, it's not like this is the only game that does it. But I prefer it, I think, yeah, over I think other games. It does it really well. It's nice that there's a transition phase. So there's the one phase where you're doing the one thing and then the middle phase where you're doing the thing but different. And then the third phase, it's like, oh, no, GTFO. So, yeah, I think that that's that's pretty unique. 
Yeah. Is it easy to learn? You already said there's that one little bit about the buildings. The one bit about the buildings, aside from that, I think pretty easy to learn. And I think the buildings thing is how exactly am I placing these relatives and where am I putting them? It'd be very easy to get that wrong. The rule book isn't the the examples are great, but otherwise it is a bog standard rule book. A little bit of historical context there. Not artwork to get excited about. If you get excited about that sort of thing. People do. I do. People do. How do you feel while playing? Well, before we played, I told you that the game stressed me out. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, you did. On this playthrough, I was delighted. Okay. Yeah. And I, in the past, have felt like stressed, kind of doomed. And that's, I think, part of why I didn't like it. That can be from a bad run of luck i think it's more stressful at high player counts when there's more lava in between your turns oh yeah so there's more maybe more people on the board more different people on there's less of your people on the board overall i think there would have to be because you start with less less people in general but you have more cards yeah anyways yes i do think maybe it's less stressful at two than it is at higher player counts. Yeah, I think and it's, it's less been a while stressful, since we've played at a higher player count. Less stressful, more strategic. Ooh, more strategic. Now, I didn't feel like it was highly strategic. Well, I think it's just less, there's less, there's more bad luck that can happen to you in a, in a multiplayer game. That's all. Mm, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I completely agree with that, but I think we do both agree that the two player does seem to be nice. less, yeah, not not quite as stress inducing as the higher player counts. So finally, would we recommend this game? And if so, we'll stick with the tier listing that we started on the last episode about Moon. If you would recommend it, I guess whether or not you recommend it, give it a a ranking, but then also say. I think I'm recommending uh, S, A, and B games. Ooh, okay. Like in general. See, I feel like I could recommend games that I gave a low rating to. Well, I wouldn't give it a, but like, I feel like if that's what we're doing, because you see, I gave Moon a high rating, even though I didn't like it. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like sort of objective and and agnostic about my ratings in this way so that I would recommend it only if I would give it a high rating. I think I'm decoupling it where I could, I could see being like, like high risk. I like high risk a lot and it's not, it's not really worth, I don't think it's worth recommending. It's a pretty fun game. I would recommend it. See, I think you're just recommending games differently, and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. What I feel like the the question is to who I, I think it's it's hard to say to whom would I recommend it. I think I would recommend almost any game to to people. I mean, there's some like almost anyone. It, well, I wouldn't recommend any game to anyone. Okay, but it'd be hard for you to find a game that I wouldn't play and be like, you know what? I think this type of person would like this game. Like, I, I can recommend almost any game to someone. What is the someone you're recommending this game to? Oh, this game could be played by lots of people. <laughs> anyone. Anyone. As it were. Okay. And I think it's, for me, I'm going to give it an A. Uh, I'm going to give it an A game because I do think it's it's fun and engaging and simple to learn. If the, just that rule book came better, it might even be an S. It's kind of in that space where like it's thematic and historical and clever gameplay. It's not super high strategy, which keeps it no. away from an S for me. The and highest, then, not, this isn't strategy, but the most difficult part about the game is setting up the deck. Well, you know what? That actually, you know what? Maybe it's a B because I do not like games where the deck setup is so complex in general. You always do the deck setup. Yeah, so that's I, did. I didn't think of it. Yeah, you have to like, you make seven piles of four cards each. And then from the cards you have left over, you split into two groups that aren't equal. And then based on the player count, you pick one of those groups to shuffle a card into and then have to stack those back. And then you stack some of the original seven groups of cards back on top of that. 
after inserting another card. And then some and of the cards some of the, leave the groups garden. of four are starting hands for people. And some, and leave the some game. of them just leave the game. So you know not all the cards are in the game. I would recommend it to people who play board games on apps. Play board games on apps? Yeah. Like Wait, as an app, you wouldn't have to set up the deck. You're saying, I don't think there's an app for this game. I was just trying to be funny about how the setup oh. sucks and it'd be easier. It'd be a better oh, app. Oh, oh, oh. I feel like just the, well, cards. Yeah, if you were like digit, if you were, if you could just be digitally dealt out the cards. That's true. You write a program for to doing that deck one time and then it just does it. I think that I would probably rank this as a B. Okay. I think B tier. I think that it is good. But I don't think that it's like excellent. I don't think it's like the pinnacle of gaming. It's one that I want to keep. It's pretty light. Yeah, it's pretty light. All things considered. And I think the theme of it, it doesn't make you think that. And the general look of it doesn't make you think that it's light. But when I think about games that are a lot newer, because it's kind of tile laying as you're yeah. covering up the stuff. So ultimately, I feel like I think well, I'm giving a B. I think there are better games than it that aren't that different. Yeah, I think. But it's unique I, enough that I I would say, especially if you kind of like the theme, if, if that doesn't bum you out too much, that you're going to put these people out and then like hope they don't die by lava, then, yeah. it, then you could try it. I think for me, my final ranking is a B and you've convinced me that it's not an A. It would be an A if the game regularly put tougher decisions to you, but it often doesn't it's, no, put it's, decisions No, to you. it does not. It's it, it feels, I don't know, as inevitable as this lava coming to destroy yeah. the town. Yeah, I recommend it to people who are about to have a big game session and they want something to whet their appetite. I think in the middle of big games, because the theme is going to feel kind of big games, it's going to look like some of your more traditional Euros, but it's going to go by a lot faster than that. I Thank you so much for listening to episode 129. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, X, and Twitch at Varian Hex. We have a website and a blog at varianhex.com, and you can email us at podcast at varianhex.com. I've been taking a hard look at our game shelves and throwing more boxes atop the cull pile. We may have a collection curation episode soon about some of those choices, as well as the state of our collection as we approach the end of the year. But up next... We'll have our Games of the Month episode discussing everything we played in October 2023. Unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 128 more episodes headed your way, the next one being our review of Moon, a card drafting tableau building card game. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Mm-hmm.